This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv an unmatched dual threat. Blue Wire. You're listening to the Raider Cody Podcast, the official podcast of RaidersBeat.com. When you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players, you have a great organization, and you tell them one thing. Just win, baby. You're going to get everything I got. Everything I got. Give me everything you got. Do it for the man next to you. Let's go. Let's go Raiders on three. One, two, three. Let's go get this. We talk about rebuilding, rebuilding. How do you rebuild? I don't think that Gruden came in to rebuild. I think he came to set his roster on fire. What's going on, Raider Nation? Sorry about that. Had a few technical difficulties, but nothing's going to stop this freight train tonight because I'm fired up. Episode 100. That's right. Oh, I got something for you. Episode 100. That's right. Episode 100 being brought to you by DoorDash, NFL Sunday Ticket, and Bet Online. Make sure. Shout out to the chat. Shout out to the chat. Drop the 100 emojis. I'm going to have something for you later, but drop some 100 emojis in the chat for me. Get this thing fired up. Let me know where you guys are listening from. I'm pumped. 100 episodes. Um, if you're just now starting to watch us on YouTube, this is obviously not like 100 episodes for you. Um, for everyone that's been tuned in from day one on the podcast, this is this is 100 episodes. This is it. This is where it all started. Um, of course, we're doing this every Saturday night right now, 8.30 p.m. Pacific, and that'll change to post games during the season. Every post game, uh, we're going to be shifting over to as soon as the game is over, as soon as the final whistle blows, uh, give me like five minutes, you know, for them technical difficulties, like what happened tonight, give me like five minutes. Um, and we're, and we're going to jump in and we're going to go live with, with, with a pretty long show, at least an hour long, hour and a half, maybe two hours. We're going to be taking live callers. I'm going to have a phone number posted up here. You're going to be able to call in and we're going to be able to talk about the show within an hour, basically of it being over with. So I'm pretty pumped up on that, but episode 100 again, episode Ah, 100. I'm so fired up. I'm so pumped on this. Um, it, it, what's weird is I've never been one t- 
to like have these like little milestones like that. Like when it came to like audience numbers and listeners and viewers and subscribers, um, I always set goals. Um, but episode 100, like it didn't even like hit on me. T- like it didn't even like sink in until this week. Uh, I had a vacation with the family last week. I like post-produced the 53 man roster projection that I put out. I didn't even know that it was going to be episode 99 until I published it. I was like, Oh crap. It's not episode 98. That's 99. I got episode 100 this week. And then this, this entire week I've just been fired up, um, ready for episode 100. So shout out to the chat. But first I want to give a shout out really to the, to the day ones, um, from the get go. I'm going to take, you know, this is a little out of the ordinary, but I want to take a few minutes um, and, and give a few shout outs here. Of course, my guy, Kenny King Jr. Coming in, um, with the intro Stewie for the United Kingdom. Of course, he's probably asleep right now, but shout out to Stewie and the violator, man. Wayne Mabry. He came in, all three of those guys came in and, uh, helped me with my initial introduction. It was the same music I use now, but, um, they came in, you know, let them know who they're listening to. And I want, and my first episode, I took like a Q and a, I took a Q and a, and had like a good handful of guys. I want to give a shout out to those guys that jumped in on the Q&A for the very first episode. Before I'd even dropped an episode ever, um, they came in, um, and that's at Razor Raider, Raider Nug 209, um, Angel Rodriguez 66, SS underscore Santana 52, um, at Legend 54626, at TM Raider, and Rogers TSI. All these guys came in um, huge. And shout out to my guy, one of the moderators. He's not here too often, but Brian Valero was the first guy to ever, to ever on his own, single-handedly go out and share that I was putting out a podcast. Uh, that was a, the, the first ever on his own, not a retweet, um, but he went out of his way, made up his own tweet, dropped his own link. Shout out to Brian Valera. That's, uh, he's in Pennsylvania, actually. Um, and that's, that's the thing you know about this show is uh, it, it's been built on, I would say, relationships, right? I never came into this thing ever for money. Like, you know, obviously, I mean, I'm just a fan. It's a fan show. Um, I, I wasn't, I wasn't hired on, I wasn't, you know, brought into, um, a show under a corporation with corporate money. Um, I wasn't, you know, brought into these things. I wasn't like firing up a business. Um, I was a fan that was, that was very, very passionate for this football team. And really it was while, I mean, not even, I wasn't even striking while the iron was hot. I wasn't coming in while we were winning. I came in, it was like the week after we got our butt kicked by the 49ers. If you guys remember that Santa Clara, I mean, I was at that game. And I don't know. I think that's kind of just where I wanted to dive in um, and get this thing going. And really, like I said, it was just built on relationships. Um, I've had some great ones. Of course, Kenny King goes from being in my intro um, to basically being like my, my best friend on the microphone um, it, to the point where it even took us a long time to even meet. But we talked so much on the phone, talked so much on the mic. Um, we developed like a great relationship. And now I enjoy going to games with them, events, doing all these different things. Kenny King's my guy. Um, a lot of relationships with players. Um, it's been nice to interview some of these guys, talk to them on the side. Um, just kind of like get to know them a little bit, even like outside of football, just kind of know what's going on. I just earlier today talked to a former Raider. Um, he, he hit me up, um, about like some moves that we were making and a great dude had him on the podcast. Um, he's on another team now, but uh, was great to sit down and talk with him just about, you know, like what he's got going on football wise, you know, bigger than football, bigger than the team. Um, of course I'm, I'm trying to stay loyal basically to, you know, the silver and black, but it's great to have these relationships. Um, and I really want to give a big shout out to blue wire podcasts, the blue wire podcast networks, what, you know, kind of took me on and really made me feel like right there, we have something good going on here. Uh, they're, they're legit. 
and it was it was a growing network at the time whenever I joined them. Yeah, you know, they had a lot of potential. Um, they prided themselves kind of like on like me. I feel like I really pride myself on presentation. They did the same thing. Um, Blue Wire Podcast Network has been great um, on the podcast side of things. But um, big, big last shout out to like a mentor of mine, Raiders Beat. If you follow Raiders Beat on Twitter, I talk to him almost daily. Um, he's been a, um, a great dude just even like outside of podcast, YouTube, um, family man, things like that. We, we talk a lot. It's Mr. Mr. Anonymous. Can't give you a name, but he's, he's the guy that runs the Raiders Beat website. Um, and I, I, I use him as a landing page, RaidersBeat.com. So make sure you subscribe to RaidersBeat.com if you already don't. But it's been those relationships like that. And now going to Vegas and growing something with Stage Door Casino. Shout out to Stage Door Casino. Anyone that goes to Stage Door Casino in Las Vegas, hopefully we'll be there. Um, I'll be there. Uh, that's anytime I'm in Vegas going to a game, that's, that's where I'm going to be going. Shout out to the chat. I'm going to try and catch up with you guys. Sorry, I'm, I'm trying to run through you know i want to i want to thank everybody because really it's it's not like i'm i've never wanted to come in here i I feel like i've tried to take a different approach there's a lot of fan shows out there um but i've wanted to try and keep something that's that's semi-professional um and but still like an authentic fan show nothing that's going to be i'm not trying to get in a a press box you know what i'm saying i'm not trying to i had had a phase last year i I was able to get a couple credentials to go to training camp um, in napa last year and that was great it was amazing to be able to do stuff like that uh, to be recognized but I want to be a fan. I want to be sitting in the stands. Like I said, it's, it's, it's founded on relationships, but it's also founded on, I want to be with my audience. You know what I'm saying? So I look forward to finally 2021, maybe right. Whenever we can finally go to Vegas, we can hang out. Um, that's what this show's all about. That's my goal here. So everyone getting involved in the chat. Um, I appreciate you. Everyone here listening. Uh, the, the, the biggest thank you is going to you. The, the biggest thank you is going to every single one of you guys that are tuned in here, that are tuned in in the post-produced podcast, um, that listen any way, anyhow, anything. Um, this is uh, the biggest thank you goes to you for just um, coming, sitting down, and, and listening to me rant. So, without further ado, we're going to get our first guest in here, and that's going to be Eddie Borsili for... Uh, look, I got, these, I got these confetti cannons set up, guys, for episode 100. 100 baby i love it so we're gonna take this quick break take this quick break we're gonna get our guy eddie borsili on the phone Eddie, Boar, Sealy, buddy, what is going on? Dude, what is going on? We are two weeks away from the NFL season. I am pumped, dude. What's going on? Not much, man. So joining me right now on the Stage Door Casino Hotline, my guy, the, 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 the most honorary guest on this show, NFL, Sirius XM's radio station's executive producer, Eddie Borsili, host of the podcast, Yards Per Attempt. If you guys, if you guys are into your podcast, obviously, if you're listening now, you're obviously somewhat into your Raiders content. Make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, not on YouTube, podcast platform, yards per attempt. So, Eddie, coming in hot, man. We got some live football today, huh? How do you feel about that? Dude, I was watching college. It was so glorious to, to, to put on the TV and actually see people and the pads popping. And, 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 like, it's just, it was good to see football on the TV screen again. 
like people said college football was back tonight and you turn on the television and you see live games, you see hitting, you see tackling, you see everything. It was glorious to see, dude. It really was. But the season's so close. I'm so pumped for the season, man. And it, it, it was it was a it was a nice sight to see it on TV tonight. I love it, man. We're so uh, to the chat, just so you guys know. We're gonna be talking about defense. We're gonna wrap up this conversation with defense. So if you want to start dropping in some defensive themed questions, go ahead. I'll I'll keep a lookout. And we'll we'll pop some in here. But first. Eddie, we got some recent news. A um, couple things, of course, Trent Brown returning to practice, which was kind of a thing that Raider Nation was tracking because that's what we do. We overreact to everything, uh, especially when we're not being told things, right? Um, and then, of course, yep, the Tyro yep. Williams um, injury. What's your, uh, what's your impression of these two uh, moves right now? So, I mean, I, I do feel there for Tyro Williams a little bit. I mean, he since he's came over, since he signed a deal, he, he seems like he's been, you know, with the injury bug a little bit he can't kind of escape it i know he had this injury back in in college you know it's it's look for a receiver he's got to keep his hands above his head the entire time he's got to catch passes above his body it's not going to be an easy thing for, for him to play with but he can play with this injury it does need surgery he doesn't have to get it right away but i just feel bad for this guy that last year started the season so well so strong injuries happened kind of took a step back and you come into this year being that guy next to Henry Ruggs, that, that other option for Derek Carr, and the injury bug just happens again. It's just that, that thing. It's just, for whatever reason, like, uh, you know, you feel bad for the guy, but hopefully he can play through it. Hopefully he can, he can survive with this. Again, it's going to be painful for him, but I think he could play through it throughout the most of the season. Trent Brown, to me, and I'm not saying this in a, in a, in a way that is derogatory in any sense, but you know, Trent, to me, is a guy that goes out on game day and just gets the job done. So him missing practice, him missing scrimmages, him missing part of training camp isn't a big deal to me because I know the guy will be there week one. I know he missed some time last year, but to me, him missing time for minor injuries is not a big deal. The most important thing is him being on, on out there week one, being, him, being out there the entire season. So him missing some time in training camp is meaningless to me, as long as it's not a big-time injury. So for Trent Brown, I think he'll be out there week one. I think he lines up. I think he guts it out. Tyrell Williams, man, it's gonna be it's gonna be a season long thing. And you know, if 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 Trent if, if Tyrell can't go, it's gonna open the door for other players. But I still think he is able to get it done, especially for week one, especially the first couple weeks of the season. I'm with you 100%, Eddie. Shout out to Van Guy, 209 in the chat. Uh, thank you for the super chat. I appreciate that. Appreciate all the audience. Everyone tuning in here. I got I'm Rampage, Fierce Raider, Diego Lopez, Big Art, Running Bear, Watts Raider, Chris Rodriguez, Lucille popping in the chat. Um, we got a lot of people active here. And I want to say, um, back to the topic of Tyrell Williams, the, the torn labrum in college. Uh, you know, still being able to play a senior season or this final year in, in, in college, should I say? I don't know if it was a senior year. Um, he played uh, all, all, I mean, the entire season, racked up 950 yards, eight touchdowns, um, played through it. But then again, that was his first, right? So then he goes through and he gets into the 2016 season and the end of November has in the same shoulder, tears the same labrum, doesn't miss a game, keeps playing, produces, you know, a couple hundred yards like he's just there. Um, I think it's safe to say I'm, 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 I think I'm with you 100%, but thankfully I think we're in a spot unlike last year. We got a guy just like Brian Edwards in the spot to where if he can pick it up, 
and he can grow chemistry and he can be in the right spot, run the right routes, um, and be there mentally. He's got the talent. He can be there mentally and healthy. I think Brian Edwards is kind of there to you know succeed and 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 outsnap Tyrell Williams in 2020. See, and I'll, I'll agree with you in, in two points. I have I have torn labrums in both of my shoulders. It's Ooh. not that you can't play with it, and I'm not playing NFL wide receiver, so I have no idea what he's dealing with, and I understand it. Again, it's just painful to deal with. So it's about pain management. It's, a guy, it's about a guy out there going out there and dealing with some type of pain. It's not like he can't deal with it you know, on a given day. It might hurt some sometimes more than other weeks, whether it's week to week and stuff like that. But to your point about Brian Edwards, and it's, it's, it's more about the overall wide receiver depth. You think about Nelson Aguilar. You think about Zay Jones. You think about the, the whole wide receiver core as a unit, you know, I really think, and it, it's hard, man, because, again, we talked about this on a podcast before. 2020 is such a unique season in that rookies are going to be at a disadvantage. We are on a training camp tour right now on SiriusXM NFL Radio. Rookies are going to be at a little bit of a disadvantage because there's no preseason games. The insult is going to be a little bit difficult for them because there's nothing for them to judge. It's basically like going up against a college season where you're, thrust into a week one game without any anything to base it off of. So I am 100% on the Brian Edwards hype train, but I am going along the lines of a John Grudenmore where if Tyrell can't go and Ruggs is out there and Tyrell's out there and maybe Tyrell miss up, I'm more early in the season at least. I'm more of the thinking that an Aguilar or Zay Jones is going to take that spot early in the season. And you've heard good reports about Aguilar or right, right away from training camp, I'm more of the thinking that they're going to take the snaps early on this season just to get their feet wet a little bit, and then maybe the rookies. I know there's within a lot of articles that Ruggs and Edwards are going to be two rookies to start. In different year. if it was a, a year like any other, yes, yeah. maybe. But in 2020, no, because it's just such a different year without preseason games, pandemic, everything that's in, in the fold. I want Brian Edwards to take that leap, and maybe he will be that guy. But early in the season, I'm going to I'm going to put my money on an Aguilar or Zay Jones to take the snaps away from Tyrell if he can't go early on. I like that. No, and I'm 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 actually kind of shifting over with you 100. Um, I'd like to see the progression progression of these rookies throughout the season. But Zay Jones, this off season, I mean, last year, I mean, he was out there. He he, he had snaps, but he just didn't have yep. that chemistry with number four. And we know how that is. You know, you got to have chemistry with Derek. He has to have trust. Um, in you as a wide receiver before you're going to get that load, just like what we saw develop with Hunter Renfro. Now, at the beginning of this offseason, the way these these offseason workouts began with Derek, yeah, the practices were organized by him, but initially when they first started, it was Zay Jones that reached out to Derek Carr to throw to him because he yep. wanted to work. He wanted to get better. He wanted 2020 to be his season. So it started with them meeting at Parks because Zay Jones needed D.C. to be throwing him the ball. And then, of course, that developed. So seeing that chemistry, how it's going to grow, um, is going to be, I think, maybe second to none on any other returning receiver besides maybe like Hunter Renfro. Um, See, I, but, I think that's the bigger point, too. I think going back to the last year, after the, the AB you know, disaster, a fiasco, whatever you want to you call it, after, that, after he left that wide receiving core, it really was barren to the point of, we didn't know what Hunter Renfro was, we had a bunch of guys that were there besides Tyrell that we didn't really know much about. This year, you have guys, you have rookies, you have the guys that you want to come in, but you also have those veterans, and when I say veterans, I mean, Bay Jones is, a, is still a young football player. 
Nelson Aguilar is still a young football player. These guys are not older veterans that, that are, are, are like the Ryan Grants that are coming here and maybe maybe make a difference. These guys could still play at a higher level. So, you know, going back to last year, I just think, uh, again, it speaks to the oval, overall wide receiver depth that Mayock and Gruden have put together. You go out and you address the wide receiver position with, with Edwards and Ruggs in the first round and, and the third round, but you also address it in the free agency with young players that are trying to prove something. I'm always about former first or second round guys that are trying to prove something because the talent is there. It's just about executing. And I, uh, I'm confident that Gruden can get other guys like that. I love it. Eddie Borsili always coming in here with some with some great conversations. Coming in hot, bringing some heat on the Stage Door Casino hotline. And make sure you guys, Raider Nation, as we're going to Vegas, we know Stage Door Casino um, is going to be my spot. Hopefully you guys know that if you're listening to this show. And be on the lookout for Nation Nights. Every Friday and Saturday night before game days, uh, Stage Door Casino is going to be having Nation Nights. So they're just going to be all silver and blacked out. I would be surprised if they go as far as not even letting you in unless you're wearing Raiders gear. I mean, that's how that's how strict they are. That's what they want. They want the silver and black packed out in their place, um, and we're here for it. So shout out to Stage Door Casino in Vegas. Um, Eddie Borsili, man, we got we got some uh, – the chat's loving it. The chat's loving the conversation. Shout out to A. Seattle Raiders fan 96, running bear, Jimmy 3 Tech. Hey, Jimmy, what's going on, man? Grizz, got the moderators in here. Uh, we want to wrap this thing up, Eddie. The final, the final topic I want to talk to you about is the defense. And now we're seeing – this is what's crazy, man, is I feel like the defense, we finally got out of this rut of being in this, you know, like 2005 prototypical defense. So we finally get um, – some athletic linebackers. We go out and we get some corners with attitude. We got Jonathan Abram coming back healthy. We get like a little bit of a ball hawk and Demarius Randall. Um, we're getting an interior defensive lineman that can pass rush. I feel like we're getting to that point to where we're finally matching up with these gunslinging offenses like, hello, the Kansas City Chiefs, the one team that we're really worried about the most. Um, yep. But then we go and we add a linebacker like Raekwon McMillan. And, and don't get me wrong. It, does he fit the, the the type of linebackers I think we need on the field 24-7? No, no. He's an early down linebacker. But comes in, I think he fills that Sam role where he's going to rotate in, you know, right, on, on, on short yardage situations, first downs, stuff like that. But it still seems that the popular opinion is that the Raiders are stuck in the past and we're going with a run-heavy defense. So, Eddie... Take this thing from the top, run with it wherever you want to go. What do you think about the transition that the Raiders have made on defense going into this new year? See, that that you know, the narrative that that fits with is, you know, you you take every single transaction they make and you try to put a, you know, a magnifying glass on it and say, <laughs> you know, what are they doing here? To yeah. me, getting a Raekwon McMillan is is just kind of like an icing on the cake a little bit. You're you're flipping a, a mid-round pick for a guy that's 24 years old coming from a big-time college program in Ohio State, that, yeah, maybe is a little bit of a liability and coverage, but what did you do? You went out and signed Corey Littleton, you got Nick Kukowski, you got the playmakers back there that you wanted in free agency. So this guy is, you know what, all right, maybe we, we need a little help on first and second down. Maybe Nicholas Morrow is better on special teams or he's better as a backup linebacker than he is starting in a 4-3 base defense. So you go out there and you get a guy with a good pedigree for a mid-round pick. I'm all for it. I, I really am. You address the need. Look, 
I understand that we have to match up against the Kansas City Chiefs. Nichols going to be the base. You're going to have DBs on the field all the time. Corey Littleton's going to be on the field. That's why, and I said it on this podcast a million times, and I said it on my own podcast, Corey Littleton was, was the kind of key piece on the defense that they needed to, to land because he was the type of guy that can go out there and cover the tight ends. He can go out there and cover the running backs out of the backfield. That if the Raiders covered the receivers for an extended period of time, that they wouldn't get killed in the underneath stuff like they did in the past. So you sign a Krakowski. So to me, they really addressed their needs at the linebacking core and in the secondary in free agency. Mm-hmm. Getting a guy like McMillan, to me, is you're always, and Mayock and Gruden, you would think that they're, they're trying to do this on, on a consistent basis. You're always trying to upgrade the roster. So you look at a guy like Nicholas Morrow. Can we get better at that position? Yes. Let's go out and acquire Raekwon McMillan for a fourth-round pick. He's on an expiring contract. He had 100 tackles a couple years ago. Let's go out and get that guy. Plug him into our defense. He puts in a first and second down. And he makes us a better defense. So I think overall, if you look at this linebacking core as a unit, it's probably on paper the best linebacking core they've had in probably 15 years. And I've said it again, since yeah. Kirk Morrison and Thomas Howard yeah. were linebackers for this football team. So you can't argue that fact on paper. Again, they have to go out and prove it. It's Again, on defense, it's all about the pass rush. Can Max Crosby do it again in year two? Can Clee Farrell step up and be the number number four overall pick? Can they get the interior pass rush from Malik Collins, Mohurst, and those type of guys? If those things happen, everything else on the defense falls into place. The coverage guys don't have to cover for so long. The linebackers can run and hit. Everything else happens. If you don't get that pass rush, it's not going to happen. So they're relying on their, their, their guys up front to get the pocket, to get the pass rush, the linebackers to cover. You now have three under 27-year-old linebackers that can run, that can cover, and that can tackle. So to me, it, 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 it's a no-brainer. You, you don't have to, to single it out and say, this is a guy that just does this. This is a guy that just does that. Does he make the overall defense better? Raekwon McMillan is a better player than Nickers, Nicholas Morrow, so he makes the defense better. So to me, it's a, no, it's a no-brainer. So overall, you're going into this offense. Do we probably match up with the Kansas City Chiefs? On a given week, you don't know. You don't know what's going to happen on a given week. You don't know what, what, what guys can get up. But if the pass rush is there on a consistent basis, this team could, could match up with any team on defense because they invested in the defense on free agency, they invested with the defense in the draft, and they just have to, they have to roll the punches. They have to trust the picks that they make and trust the free agent guys that they did. And I, I trust it because they're the guys that we targeted and we talked about for months and months and months before free agency started telling you eddie there's uh there's a common theme here in the chat and it's not really about specific players really it's more about the defensive line and it kind of goes i guess you know as as we're pumping up this defense as we're talking now it's easy to highlight the linebackers um that's what you're doing it's easy to talk about the secondary because we're you know pumping in some dogs Uh, we're getting that mentality it's great um i have a few quotes i want to share later in the show from mike mayock even talking about that i think we have the guys the young that young character on the field that is going to be able to make up for the missing fans. You know, the big plays, the energy that's going to get carried over from the, the fan roar. We're going to be able to get that just from the energy of the guys that we have on the field. Um, and we have that in the secondary, but see, but I feel see, like. Even, even, that, even that too, and I don't mean to cut you off, but even that, a friend that I was talking the other day, when Charles Woodson came into this league as one of the best prospects 
in the secondary to come into this league. Charles Woodson got roasted early on too, as one yeah. of the, and he's going to make the NFL Hall of Fame. So even if the secondary guys are that, even if Arnett is a real deal, even if Bowen is the real deal, these guys need a pass rush up front to make an impact. They need yeah. that type of security blanket early on to get their feet wet. You know, I had, I, again, I tweeted out the other day, I told Terry McLaurin from Iowa State, I asked him about Damon Arnett. He said, Damon Arnett plays with no fear. Damon Arnett goes out there and, and talks the talk. Some corners are saying, like, I, you know, I want that, that type of noise and I want, I want to be physical, but they're not about it. He said, Damon Arnett's not that guy. But you don't expect that from week one with, with secondary guys. That's why the front seven is so important. That's why going out and getting Malik Collins, and you want Malik Collins to be that interior guy to disrupt the pocket a little bit, to expose guys to Crosby and to Farrell and the guys like that. Again, it's all about, you know, two years ago when the team didn't have any sacks, it didn't have any pressures up front, we got roasted. Last year, we, we, we disrupted the pocket. We had guys that got after the quarterback, and it made a big difference. You just had 10 more sacks a season to what we had last year. Yeah. You're talking top 10, top 15 defense in the yeah. league. And with the offense we had, you know, sky's the limit. So it's just, it's a little bit more than what we had last year. And you expect that from what we got in the draft and free agent. 100%. So I'm going to, I'm going to, the final thing I want to know about our defense then, and this is a topic that's been circulating for, I mean, hot topic for a couple weeks, but it's been going around for a while now. We got Yannick Ngakwe and J. Devion Clowney still sitting there. There's reasons, of course, that nobody has traded for Yannick, and there's reasons, obviously, that nobody has signed Jadeveon Clowney. Given those underlying fears or question marks, who to you should we pull the trigger on, and, and what do you think that would turn our defensive line into? See, to me, it's, it's a no-brainer, and it's Yannick and Gawkway, and it's a couple reasons. Jadeveon Clowney is one of the the biggest freak athletes and, and just studs you'll ever see on the defensive line. But he doesn't mesh with what John Gruden wants. Jadavian Clowney came into the league as an one pick in the draft. He's got all the talent in the world, but he doesn't practice. On the practice field, he doesn't go out there. He doesn't mm-hmm. give it his all. Even in games, when Clowney wants to play, when Clowney wants to be the most defensive, wants to be the best player on the field, he is the, most, he is the best player on the field. When he wants to just, you know, kind of just kind of half-ass it a little bit, he half-ass it. And God plays a guy that has the motor 24 hours, seven days a week. That's the guy that is hungry for that contract, that's hungry to get up to the quarterback. But to me, the problem with both of them is, and Clowney just wants a lot of money, he wants to get paid, that's why he's not signed, you know, right now. Because there's teams out there that could want services. And Gakwe, to me, is, if you trade for Yannick Ngakwe, and you give up a pick, and you give up a player, or whatever the contract is, you're going to have to pay him what you're going to pay Khalil Mack. And on the surface, Ngakwe is a ridiculously productive player, and he would immediately turn the Raiders' defensive line or defense as a whole into one of the, one of the best defenses in the league. But are the optics enough? Do Mayak and Gruden care enough about the optics to say, you know what, we're going to get Ngakwe on this team, and we're going to pay him the big bucks that we didn't pay Khalil Mack. You know, it, to me, if they don't care about that, Ngakwe is a, the guy is a double-digit stat guy any year that he's been in the league. So you line up against Max Crosby, but again, are you, are you, are you acquiring Yannick Ngakwe and just saying that Clee Farrell is going to move inside or he's going to come out there down? So there's a couple variables here. I want both players. 
they would both make this, this defense and this team a lot better. To me, Ngakwe is a clear choice over Clowney just because of the work ethic and because he's so consistent against the run and against the pass. But can they get past the optics of, A, trading for a guy, giving up the thing, and paying him because you're going to have to pay him. If this guy comes in here, he's, a, again, a double-digit sack guy, you're going to have to pay him like a double-digit sack guy. He's going he's gonna to want premier cash rush money. Mm-hmm. And if you're okay with doing that and you want to give him that money, I'm okay with it. But, again, twofold. Are you okay giving him money? Are you okay with basically saying you're going to move Farrell inside and move him around the defensive line? But to answer your question, both of them would make this defense really, really good. For me, every week in and out, Ngakwe makes this defense a legit threat. And the AFC is one of the top defenses in the league because he immediately puts them on that line. And you have two guys coming off the edge with him and Max Crosby that can get up to the quarterback, and they both be elite to me. So my vote would be in Godway right now. Yeah, I'm going to play a little devil's advocate because I, I lean more towards the J. Devion Clowney side. But I, I see all the same issues that you do with him and, and the practice concerns and how bought in is he. Um, if maybe he could be convinced that you know he'd put on that silver and black and, and be all in with the Raiders, then I think that'd be that's all it would take for Mayock, you know, to be on board with it for Gruden to be on board with it. See, I'm um, I'm in I'm in with Clowney. If Clowney, if you're going to tell me that Clowney is going to take one year, you know, eleven million and or twelve year, he's going to be a mercenary essentially uh, coming in. All right, I'm 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 with it. Let, let's bring him in here. It's only money for a year. He's got in a year, pay him, and he leaves after a year. Or you resign him, whatever. I'm into that. You know, I, I'm not into yeah. this to give them three or, three or four years kind of guaranteed money. If he's, if he's yeah, a one-year mercenary and he makes the defense a lot better, I'm into the clowny factor, too. It's just, you know, each of them bring, uh, bring a different thing, and I worry about Clowney's, you know, mental state when it comes to in and out every single week, and especially playing with a guy mm-hmm. like John Gruden. I agree. I agree. Everyone in the chat, go ahead and drop in. Either Clowney... I'm not going to make you type out Ngakwe because it's just going to look like a like a third grade <laughs> spelling mess in the chat room. So you can put Yannick. Why, Yannick? Just do a Y or J. Y or J. Y or, y or J. J. That's a good one. Y both or names, J. Both names, are, both, both names are pretty hard if you think about it. <laughs> They've you know, got you hard. Know, you know, Jadavian or Yannick. I mean, geez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a recipe for disaster right there. Um, yeah, I will sure. say... I appreciate you, Eddie, for jumping in here and talking a little defense. We've been trying to plan this for a couple weeks. Look forward to talking to you more often, even though, even though you almost forgot about me tonight. I'm glad you pulled through, and I'm glad we had this I did. conversation. I, I never forget about you, to be honest. I really don't. You know, it's again, okay. you're a specific time, guys. I'm just, look, I am with you talking Raider football at almost 1 o'clock in the morning Eastern time because I'm so pumped up for the season. It's two weeks away. So I love Raider Nation. I love talking Raiders. It's almost one o'clock in the morning. My life's pretty <laughs> dirty looks, but I'm out here talking Raider football with, with, with the nation. So I'm, I'm totally into it. The passion, the passion. I love it. Eddie Borsili, the most honorary guest on the show, man. Appreciate you plugging in here. Everyone in the chat, make sure you hit that like button. Make sure you say thank you to Eddie Borsili for coming in here and creating some good conversation. Um, and subscribe to his podcast on your favorite podcast platform, uh, most likely Apple Podcast. Yards per attempt. Great little show. He sits down and just himself um, can break down his opinion um, and, and give his thoughts on the silver and black. Eddie, brother, we'll talk soon. Sounds good, guys. Just win, baby. So I think we're back. We're back. That's it. Shout out to the chat. 
clearing well over 200 viewers, and we got a lot of show left. So if you're plugged in here, we got a lot left to go. This is um, we're just getting warmed up. We're just getting started. Um, here in just a minute, we're gonna be bringing on my guy Kenny King Jr. Um, first, I got like a little, I got a complaint, right? I've been excited this week. Shout out, you know, episode 100. Oh, sorry, episode. Let's. Uh, I gotta do this right. Episode 100. <laughs> the confetti man. I love it. I love it. Episode 100. Super, super pumped um, on episode 100. But leading up to this week, I've had an annoying last few few days. I got a little story for you, I guess. Uh, for those that are familiar with Craigslist, a Craigslist guy decided to post a listing for, I think they're Australian Shepherd and Border Collie Mixed Dogs. So he posted this thing for sale, pictures of them. He screwed up the phone number and put my phone number. So I've been getting freaking text messages and phone calls for like the last three or four days. It could be two in the morning, voicemails, calls, getting frustrated with me not replying about these freaking Australian Shepherd Border Collie mixed puppies. So apparently I somehow am selling puppies i feel like i feel like honestly there needs to be a way i need to reach out to this guy and i need to almost take a freaking percentage because i'm having to tell him okay email the post let him know that the number's wrong and you know get your puppies so i feel like i deserve like a 10 percent cut right for for basically being his freaking receptionist and dealing with his dang puppies he's probably so mad this is what's funny is i had a good laugh out of it because i'm like sitting there thinking this guy's probably so frustrated because he's like putting it out like oh you know all blue eyes yada 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 all these puppies all blue eyes I'm like, oh you know good looking puppies he's probably so mad because nobody is calling him or texting him and he can't figure it out he's probably so mad i feel bad in a way but it's still frustrating on my end so we're going to take this quick break provided by blue wire um and when we return We'll be talking about a guy, Kenny King Jr., and then we're going to close out the show with some exclusive clips from a Mike Mayock interview. You're going to want to stick around. Be right back. You've counted on restaurants. Now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app. Choose what you want to eat and your food will be left safely outside your door with a new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. When you download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE, that's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order. That's when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and you enter promo code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order and zero delivery fees with DoorDash. And now, Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL, right? We got what, two weeks now until some Raiders football? And with NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live, out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices, plus Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels. 
Never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE to get that 15% off right now. There we are. We're back. And joining me on the Stage Door Casino Hotline, make sure you guys, again, while you're in Vegas, visit Stage Door Casino. Uh, we're going to be doing Nation Nights every Friday, every Saturday night um, before game days. So that's going to be it. That's where the Silver and Black's going to get packed out um, and have a good time. Stage Door Casino. It's on Link Lane. Um, joining me, though, my guy, Kenny King Jr. Kenny King, real talk. What's up? What's good, bro? Uh, I heard you selling dogs. What's up? Can I get one? Yeah, bro. Hey, uh, Australian Shepherd Border Collie Mix. I don't have any Ooh, on hand. They're um, they're just posted on my website in stock, but I don't I don't have any on hand. I'll have to order them from my guy Jose and Cutler Rossi, but I'll get some to you. <laughs> good looking out. Good looking out. <laughs> oh man, what's going on, man? So so here we'll start off this conversation with um, your new little project you got going on. That is the Training Table Podcast. For those that um, are into podcasts, just like Eddie's, go on your favorite podcast platform and subscribe to the Training Table. Um, that's with my guy here, Kenny King Jr., hosting it um, with a buddy of his, Jimmy. You'll see Jimmy 3 Tech here in the chat as well. Um, and you had, I don't know how much you're into previews. I guess I'm just going to kind of force you into it anyways. But you had a conversation <laughs> that's going to be coming soon. What do you got for us? Yeah, man. So we uh, we we dropped episode one last week. Uh, we had Ike from Ike's Love and Sandwiches on. Uh, anybody that's in the Bay Area, uh, Vegas, uh, Arizona area, uh, they're familiar with Ike's Sandwiches. If you watch Man vs. Food, Food Network, uh, he's been on there. Amazing sandwiches. They're named after uh, local legends. So in the Bay Area, they've got the Damon Bruce sandwich. They've got the Jamie Sirewich, the Harrison Farm, the Beast Mode sandwich. Uh, and, and, you know, you've got He's got everything uh, across the board. So uh, we had him on last week. We uh, we just recorded um, part of tonight's or part of this week's podcast um, with none other than defensive former defensive line coach of the Oakland Raiders, uh, Mr. Brenston Buckner. Uh, so he joined us, um, and that should be dropping. I would say I'm going to say Monday. It'll probably be tomorrow because I'm a perfectionist and I like to get things out quickly. Um, but yeah, that's what we've that been sounds doing. Familiar. Me and James have just been. Yeah, I know. I don't, I don't know where I get it from. You know, <laughs> iron sharpens iron, right? <laughs> oh. But yeah, man. me and James, me and James have been uh, plugging away and getting it out there, and uh, you know, it should be dropping this weekend. Good stuff, man. Proud of you. That's 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 um, interesting. As I'm celebrating episode 100, it's cool to like reflect and look back on. It's crazy how much like work goes into it, and people don't even realize. Um, no, what you don't see, like as, as much as people like to think that I just hop on here, hit stream or record and we just talk. Um, I mean, it's been, it's been a grind figuring things out. And, and this is something just like yourself. I can, I can confidently speak this for yourself as well. We didn't get into this because we're like real like tech savvy. Of course I've kind of developed and got into this stuff over time, but I'd never recorded an audio track. I've never like purposely like tried to broadcast myself or record a video of myself like this, um, like a tutorial or anything. I never did anything like this. Yeah. Um, it's solely because of the passion that we have for the team and for you and your podcast. It's the passion that you have for football. So it's it's really something that's that's that goes beyond um, just 
you know, doing this to do it. So I want to say shout out real quick to the chat. We got a lot of people in here probably wanting us to get into some Raiders football talk. I do want to say while you're sitting here, we got like 200 people sitting here, hit that like button. Hit that like button. If you're watching on Twitter, hit a retweet because we are celebrating episode 100. Episode 100. I'm telling you, this is this is a good milestone um, for for both of us, myself and Kenny. So, Kenny, we're getting to now um, one topic I really want to talk about is Jonathan Abram and his sleeves. Oh, Kenny King's uh, gone. No, sorry. Uh, yeah, no, sorry. My uh, <laughs> good. My, my kid ran down the hall. No, Abram sleeves, man. I know that. Uh, with, you you posed a question out there is what's going on with with his sleeves and you know <laughs> I saw the Raiders had made a post and you know their their post was that there was, he's taking it back to the old school and I think that hopefully it's an homage to you know the old school and Willie Brown and Charles Woodson's rookie year where you know the sleeves were longer and th- they were uh, not as attractive I guess um, <laughs> but you know it, it it definitely is interesting to see him out there because. Especially in the white, he looks like he's he looks like he's wearing little league pads. He's out there, you know. He's got the tight the tight sleeves around his arms, and maybe it's for you know for his shoulders or whatnot. But uh, it definitely is a little different uh, compared to everybody else's. Uh, I'm telling you, like I get, I like the old school factor because I, I I'm a guy that's like real into like the authenticity myself with things, like with everything. I'm kind of like I'm into the older vehicles motorcycles i like the you know the old school like kind of bob or chopper looks right the throwback type yeah. style stuff I, I i like the authenticity of things but this i just i can't i don't know man i mean maybe it'll wear on me and if he's going out there and he's like just cracking fools with these long sleeves i'm not gonna care but i will say <laughs> i will say that there's a certain person that wears shoulder pads and a fan jersey and it looks just like it i'm just saying it's a little different <laughs> it's a little different but it'll wear on me. Like, it, you know, it'll come with the play. It'll come with the play. Shout out to Grizz in the chat real quick. Talking about the inaugural season patch here. Like, uh, let me show a little preview here. Woo, got mine sitting here. This thing is sweet. Um, I got the jersey from last year with the 60th anniversary patch. Um, I got to come up with, I think I'm going to go Kenny King, man. If you were to get a rookie jersey, man, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking Henry Ruggs, right? You can't go wrong with the first Las Vegas pick. But who would you get? I think for me, if I'm going to get a jersey this year, uh, and it's going to be a rookie, I think I'm going to have to go with Brian Edwards. You know, Ooh. I think that you know he's my favorite pick of the draft. Uh, he was a guy that I was really excited about when we got him. Uh, you know, the, the the pick value that we got him at. Um, I think he's going to be a phenomenal player. I think he's going to be that guy that's going to go up there and get it. Uh, he's going to be that Andre Holmes, Michael Crabtree type player that the Raiders uh, have had in the in the past. I think that he's going to be somebody who is probably going to take that spot from Tyrell Williams at some point. Uh, but I'm excited about I'm excited about Brian Edwards. I'm, I that would probably be the rookie jersey that I got. I'm not big on rookie jerseys. Um, I know. You know, I might go a second year player, but. You know, I think that would probably be the one if I had to choose. Yeah, it's definitely scary. So we're talking tonight, Kenny, the hot topic. Again, if you haven't, if you haven't hit that like button, hit that like button. What are you guys waiting for? Hit that like button. So um, if, I mean, we're, what, a week away from the final 53-man roster, right? Yeah. September 5th, I believe, is next Saturday. So that's going to be our next show. Is going to be next Saturday. And 
I want to kind of know. I, I put out a 53-man roster projection, and there's going to be things that I feel like, you know, I already kind of want to adjust. Obviously, with like McMillan coming in, um, I feel like he cracks the roster. Uh, there, There's this, like, weird hunch. I don't know how I feel about quarterback. Like, we're keeping, like, I had us keeping all three quarterbacks. Carr, Mariota, and Peterman. Um, I just keep in all three. But I could see it like we're working out these other quarterbacks, right? We're working out these other quarterbacks. I could see us taking another one and stashing them on practice squad, right? I could see us maybe doing something with the practice squad, uh, maybe a fourth quarterback somehow with all the workouts that we got going on, um, and maybe somehow – Theoretic, I don't. I guess uh, there's some bubble players that I, I kind of want to uh, swap around. What What are some guys that stand out to you that you're watching right now, Kenny? Yeah, I think some guys that stand out to me right now. Um, you know, we look at Marcus Mariota, and he was brought in to be a backup. Uh, I don't think that he's going to be a bubble player, but I think that you know you have to question you know where he's at in terms of recovery, where he's at in terms of his rehab. Um, is he Is he ready to go? If the you know in two weeks when the season starts, if we need him to go. You know, knock on wood, something happens to car. Obviously, not saying that something's going to happen to car, but I'm saying if there's that, if something comes up, what you know, will Marcus Mariota be be able to go? If not, we need to look at what are our options. You know, Marcus, I don't think that he's going to get cut. Obviously, we the Raiders invested a ton of money into him. I think they obviously brought him in to be the backup, uh, but we need to look at contingency plans, right? We have Nathan Peterman who has. Uh, obviously impressed Gruden. He did well in the preseason last year. Uh, He's definitely better than, you know, Mike Lennon, who we had last year as our backup. Um, But you look at, you know, what would that look like? I think that's one player, um, you know, that that you have questions regarding. I think another one is Tyrell Williams. I think that with Tyrell Williams' shoulder, uh, you want to know what are you going to do with that? Mm -hmm. You know, personally, I would look at, you know, if – if Mariota is not able to go, if Williams isn't able to go, you put them on the pup list. Uh, you, you know, you stash them away for a few weeks, and then you get them. You know, when they're healthy and they're ready to come back, and it, that gives you the ability to add some guys from the practice squad that would be able to play. Um, I think that also looking on the defensive side of the ball, Carl Nassib's another guy that kind of you know shines a big light in my face. Uh, you know, you look at the fact that we paid him a lot of money to come over here, and he's not living up to what the expectations were in camp. Uh, on the other side, you have Arden Key, who's doing really well in camp and who's been shining and who's been, you know, exciting. Uh, so those are some some guys that I'm thinking of. I got a couple more, but, you know, let's let's touch on these first. I love that. Shout out to the chat. Shout out to Fate Sniper. Fate underscore Sniper here in the chat. It's his birthday, man. So uh, happy birthday, Augustine. Happy birthday. Stuff. Shout, out, shout out Raider Nation. Um yeah, we got a we got a few here, and, and there's a couple like bubble players that I see, like the tight end room. Do we stick with three? Do we cut Derek Carrier? I feel like Jason Witten's like a lock. Um, and the other one, like this is kind of the hot topic for me, based off my 53 man roster projection. I don't want to say I'm going to backpedal on it, but the Prince of Mukamara thing, depending on how these corners do, um, it's going to be interesting. Uh, do we do we find a way to stick with our young guys and just I mean, go. I mean, it'd be young across the board. I mean, almost every single player would be right first and second year with Nixon, right. Johnson, Mullen, uh, Arnett, guys like that. 
do we do we stick with those young guys in that regard? And, and you know, I mean, Lamarcus Joyner, I guess, is going to be like the only veteran playing in the slot. Amik Robertson sniffing on the heels. Um, do we go with a group like that, or do you think we keep Prince Amukamara? Yeah, I think that that's a great question. You know, obviously we have the viral video of Hunter Renfro running a comeback route and Prince of Mukamara getting toasted on that, which is the oh, exact... Oh, our fourth wide receiver? Our fourth wide receiver? Yeah, our, our fourth our fourth <laughs> wide receiver who is apparently an old veteran in the league, according to uh, according to Twitter. Um, but, you know, you, you, you got you to ask, ask yourself the question, you know, has, has Prince of Mukamara done enough in camp uh, when you've got... You've got guys like Damon Arnett, Isaiah Johnson, Keyshawn Nixon, who are who are you know out there playing for a spot, and they're they're out there balling and they're doing a really good job and playing up to you know if not more potential of what we expected. Um, you know, we talked about Lamarcus Joyner, and I think that's a very that's something that that definitely is a head scratcher for me. And I wrote about it today. Um, you know. Is he going to be the guy that's going to start at slot corner? Now, obviously, he'll probably start at slot corner at the beginning of the year. But you look at Amik Robertson, the guy is he's chomping at his heels. He's hungry. He's a dog out there. He's a ball hawk. And he's, you know, let's face it, he's much better in coverage. I think that, you know, LaMarcus Joyner is a much better safety. And he's much better in the box. And I think that we could utilize him much more at safety. And I would rather have a guy like Robertson at, cor- at slot. So, Yeah, there's definitely a lot of things. Um I think we've kind of covered every bubble player. It's going to be interesting to see. I'd like to be able to, you know, follow um, follow up and see how this turns out next week because we finally have, I feel like, um, a lot of good players, got a lot of good young players between these last two drafts that can shake things up quite a bit. So at this point, um, we'll see how things shake up. September 5th, that's the cut-down date. Um, but for now, Kenny King, I'm you know going to wrap this thing up. I got some quotes here from Mike Mayock. But, brother, I appreciate you joining me um, and, and getting after some Raiders talk, man. Cody, I always appreciate you having me on. It was good, uh, good wrapping with you. There we go. Make sure you guys subscribe. Training table. Going to be talking with Brinston Buckner. And I'm sure you guys are going to hear plenty, plenty of some current Raiders defensive linemen. So tune in, subscribe, leave that five-star rating and review for my guy Kenny King Jr. Um, and we should be good to go. Um, And the last segment I'm going to wrap up this episode with is I went through and Mike Mayock held like an exclusive interview with uh, PSL, like season ticket holders for the stadium. Um, And he hit on a few things. And ultimately, there's four different topics that I wanted to hit on. Um, I'm going to play these clips um, and we're going to chat about it. So first is the speed that we're adding to this team. And that's something that we all we all know. We all know we got faster, obviously, Henry Ruggs, but it, it's all across the board. On defense, the playmakers were adding, um, adding guys like Corey Littleton, um, adding, you know, just the young, the, the youth is making our team faster. So I'm going to play this clip about him talking about the speed on this team. I think you're going to see a, a quicker defense. I think you're going to see a faster defense. Um, it remains to be seen how much better we are or we aren't. But at the end of the day, we got to prove it on the field. What I can tell you is when I stand there on the practice field, I can feel the speed on both sides of the line of scrimmage, and it's better than it was last year. And quite frankly, it needed to be. 
Yeah, so that's promising to hear because that was a very distinct statement. It's not saying, you know, we try to get faster, we try to add some speed. No, it's I feel the speed. I feel the difference on both sides of the ball, and it needed to get better, and we knew that. We knew that. We needed to be able to stretch the field. We needed to be able to open things up, and I think that's just going to elevate every single other player. Um, The way that Josh Jacobs was able to excel with eight guys in the box, the way that Hunter Renfro was able to eat up the middle of the field with nobody to stretch the field is, is amazing. The way, the same way with Darren Waller. I mean, he turned into a, a star wide receiver basically because he was the only guy that was able to almost run every route and excel um, all 16 games. So adding that speed, adding elements like Brian Edwards having that deadly catch down the sideline, um, adding guys like Henry Henry Ruggs that you pretty much have to put a safety over the top of him 100% of the time. Um, adding things like that are just going to make those guys even better. Josh Jacobs, even better. Hunter Renfro, even better. The offensive line is going to have an easier job. Alec Ingle is going to have an easier job. You're not going to have the box stacked all the time. Um, adding that speed is going to help. And on defense, we needed that the most on defense, especially at linebacker. We talked about it with Eddie Bursili just a little bit ago. But adding that speed, really, that's what matches us. We're looking at the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm not going to shy away from it. We're looking at the Kansas City Chiefs. I get it we added a run-stuffing run linebacker that apparently doesn't match up with the Chiefs, but I don't freaking care. We added enough talent on this defense to literally match up with anybody at this point. We have the physical corners. We have the hard-hitting safety. We have the ball hawk safety. We have guys like Eric Harris that can come in here. We have Jeff Heath. We have rotational guys. We have Our defensive line is it's, it's there. It's really close. I'm not going to sit here and say that they're going to be a top-10 defensive line, but I expect them to take another step forward, and I think they can be close. I expect Max Crosby putting on weight. Cleveland Farrell looks like a different guy adding like 13 pounds. Everything that's going on. Shout out to Silver and Black today in the chat. I appreciate the donation. Um, Big inspiration right there. Great show. Scott does a great job over there setting the tone. Um, I will say, but just adding that speed alone is what's going to separate this team from 2019 to 2020. Um, We started seeing the defense kind of, you know, getting their feet wet they're figuring things out the offense was having to make so many adjustments but losing Tyrell Williams was a guy that could have been taking the top off the defenses but he had plantar fasciitis in both feet we didn't even realize that right he's trying to play through that Hunter Renfro obviously not a speedster and we kind of just had this revolving door of like our I guess it'd be like I don't know our Z just not even we didn't have like a Z we just had like this rotating guy playing opposite of Tyrell Williams, and that just took away the, the biggest element of John Gruden's offense, of his scheme. You don't give him that player like the Henry Ruggs, what are we going to do? So now we're going to see, um, even like Zay Jones, Zay Jones comes out and says that he lost weight to get faster. His, his focus was quickness and speed. Um, so that's amazing. That's amazing. Next topic I want to hit on from this, um, and that's going to be why we chose Ruggs over other wide receivers. In this draft, obviously, it's a big topic that's been going throughout the off season. Um, it's good to hear Mike explain it. Most people had at the top of their wide receiver board three guys, right? And it was Rugs, it was Judy, and it was the kid from Oklahoma. Okay, and we worked with all three of those guys: C.D. Lamb from Oklahoma, of course. We, we worked all those guys out. We, we, I mean, we, we spent time with them. We were on Zoom calls with them. We were at the Combine. Um, we watched every tape. I had school visits to Alabama. I had Oklahoma. I was at their pro day. I was at their Oklahoma State game. Um, so we were tracking all those guys. And what I would tell you 
is that all three kids were special, but they were also distinct in style. I thought it was really interesting. You know, C.D. Lamb, I thought, was outstanding with the ball in his hands. Really good all-around athlete. Jerry Judy was probably the best route runner in the draft. Ruggs was the one that was the most intriguing guy to unwrap, to learn more about. It was a lot easier to figure out Judy and to figure out Lamb. I spent some time at Alabama. I've known Nick Saban for a lot of years. And the more we dug into this kid and who he was, the more we liked him. And to give you an example, you know, when Nick Saban tells you that a kid is the hardest working kid on that football team and comes to every practice like he's a walk-on, that means something to me. And when his play demeanor backs that up, the fact that he was a gunner and a jammer on special teams, he would block in the run game. When you go through all his targets in his entire career at Alabama, his hands were really good. You know, I, you have this thing in your mind about a, a vertical sprint speed guy. I think his hands were underrated. Um, so do we need to get more out of him as far as learning how to run routes and releases off? Yeah, of course we do. But when you talk about stretching the field both vertically and horizontally, Ruggs can do it. He's working his tail off. Edgar Bennett, our wide receivers coach, is doing a great job. I think when you throw in Ryan Edwards, you've got two hard-working kids. And go back to the further, the earlier com- uh, conversation, JT. Two kids that love ball, passion for the game. They're working their tails off. And then I, I would add that not enough people are talking about Zay Jones and Nelson Aguilar, who are having outstanding camps. So, uh I think when you throw them all together and, and put, put our guy Hunter Renfro into the mix, we're pretty excited about our wide receiver core. That gets me pretty fired up, not going to lie. That's, that was a good roundup of why we chose Rugs over the rest. And, and it's one of those things where you got to look at it, and that's why I think why I, you kind of had this draft crush on him from the beginning is, is you look at, at CD and he was, he was a great wide receiver, arguably the best they're all three of them could arguably arguably been the best coming out in the draft this year um but looking at what we needed and it seems like it's been a theme we've had this conversation over and over again it's almost like a debate how you draft you draft need or do you draft best player available and and the analytical and the critical people seem to you know side with the draft the best player available right and i think that's how mike mayock sees it i think he goes out and he finds the best players available but the way we make our selections and the way we're going to improve our football team the most is to draft a little bit more while looking at best players available obviously but drafting a little bit more by need and a huge need was henry ruggs but he also fits the bill for everything else and there's a reason right there's things that we don't see guys we don't sit through these private conversations. We don't get to dig into these wide receivers. We see highlight tapes. We see highlight tapes. We see a couple press conferences, but that's not when they're themselves. If you're judging a player off what they're saying at the press conference, then you're not getting the true player. You're not getting the true work ethic, or you're not getting the true drive out of that player. They could either be not comfortable in, in, in situations like national media, things like that, or they could just be able to put on a show. You're not going to know who they are sitting down one-on-one 
I mean, sit down. If you sit down one-on-one with John Gruden and Mike Mayock, I can guarantee you they're going to pull out the true personality out of you. They're going to figure out everything about you, and they're going to be able to make the best choice possible. So picking Henry Ruggs, this is why. I mean, hey, look. They're not perfect. Not every front office is perfect. We're not going to nail every single pick. I still like every single pick. Don't get me wrong. I'm a fan. I'm glad we picked these guys. They're not going to nail every single pick, but I absolutely stand behind our selection of Henry Ruggs just because I trust them the most. That was their most important pick in this draft. And obviously they had all three at their disposal um, at that first selection in the first round. So I'm all on board with Ruggs. Shout out to Lucille in the chat. Lucille coming through. Here's 100 more shows. I'm telling you. I'm freaking telling you. I'm so pumped up right now. Episode 100. Episode freaking 100. I'm so pumped on it. Um, But I got two more quotes here. I got two more quotes. Lucille, I'm going to be looking for your shirt. I got a Lucille shirt coming in soon. I'm going to be showing you guys. I'm going to be dropping a link. Um, Subscribe to that YouTube channel too. She might be doing some YouTube stuff here pretty soon. We'll talk more in the future. Um, But the next topic, and that's Lynn Bowden. Lynn Bowden. There's been some stir that he's not 100% like picking everything up, that he's struggling a little bit with pass blocking, things like that. And that's expected. I've been saying this from the get-go. Lynn Bowden's coming in here with probably the steepest learning curve of any rookie just because of the position changes and just because of the position that he's going to be playing in John Gruden's offense, kind of like all around. Here and he's you know playing some wildcat. He's uh, listed as a running back. He's going to be playing slot. Like He's learning three different positions in, in a very complex offense. So I can understand the struggles. But here's, here's a clip of what Mike Mayock has to say about Lynn Bowden. Yeah, the, the background here for, for fans to understand is that he played at University of Kentucky in the SEC, best conference in the country. His junior year, he was a slot receiver and one of the best slot receivers in the SEC. Caught over 60 passes, 1,000 yards. He was dynamic in the slot. Comes back his senior year, and the quarterback gets hurt. I think it was week one. And they move him from slot to quarterback. Okay, he's also the best punt returner in that league. And they move him to quarterback. And he rushes for 14, 1,500 yards at quarterback. And sure, a lot of it's zone read, but he's running quarterback counter, quarterback power, which are traditional I formation plays for a tailback. So, you know, he was one of the guys we wanted to meet at the combine. And John loves to get you. Remember, at the combine, you only get 15 minutes. You get 60 players, 15 minutes apiece typically. And what can you get done in 15 minutes to learn more about a kid? So John does a great job with the coaching staff, kind of putting some stuff up on the board, teaching them our verbiage, going to something else, showing video, and then at the end for the last five minutes kind of coming back to what we taught them about our verbiage and our plays and see if they can replicate the conversation we had 10 minutes earlier in our verbiage. And to our surprise, Bowden sat there and spat it out, just spat it all right back out at us. And John just started laughing. John was going nuts. And that was kind of cool. That was the beginning of us trying to kind of peel away the layers of this Bowden cat. Now, like I've said with all the rookies, let's take a step back and understand what he's trying to do. Even though he's coming from the SEC, and he's got heavy production at two two positions, 
we're asking him to play a completely different position. We're putting a lot on his plate. He's got running back plays. He's got punt return. We're going to ask him to catch the ball. So we're asking an awful lot of this young man. And anytime you ask a college player to play a different position, it's called a projection. And, and you got to give him some time. And that's the way I feel about Lynn. You know, Lynn's come in. He's done everything we asked. But we just got to continue to give him the time to learn to convert to a running back primarily. And he's never been that before. And there's nothing wrong with that, what we're doing. I mean, I know we're expecting a lot out of him. I still, like, don't let me shoot this down to think that he's not going to be a great player this year. I still think he's going to do great things. I still think he's going to go out there. I think he's going to have a great role. I think he's going to make big plays. You're going to see him in the slot. You're going to see him playing running back. You might see him taking snaps out of shotgun and, like, wildcat. You might see him doing a lot of things. Um, but it's just going to take a while for him to really develop that role. And I think that's why we, of course, are going to be right, keeping Jalen Richard. And I wouldn't be surprised if we maybe tried to, get on a fourth running back like theoretic to be that passing down guy to come in and, and back up and do great things. So Lynn Bowden, I see a lot of potential there. I do. It's just, he has a very, very steep learning curve. This isn't normal that there's not very many players that come into the league like a Lynn Bowden jr. And are going to be able to turn into Taysom Hill, the rookie year. Like it's, it's just not going to happen. It's just not going to work. I want to give a shout out to stage door casino in the chat. I've been looking for you. John, all, all night. I, I've plugged Stage Door Casino a lot tonight, but I'm going to give them one more plug here towards the end of the show. Um, and make sure you guys are paying attention during uh, game day weekends. Friday night, Saturday night, we're doing Nation Nights. And let me, I'm going to give you a little sneak peek here. I'm going to give you a little, a little insider information, a little tip. A little tip. When you go to Stage Door Casino, when you go there, I don't care if it's your first time or your 50th time, your 100th time, you know everybody there i don't care when you go there if you, and you haven't done this you got to make sure you do it when you go to stage door casino and you walk through them sliding doors you got to walk through there and you just got to give them a Raiders! as you walk through the door give them that give them that as you walk in the door sit down john or somebody's gonna be hitting you with a drink go to stage door casino take my advice and do that Nation Nights, every Friday night and Saturday night on game day. Nation Nights. I get a little fired up. I get all fired up here. So, um, yeah, Stage Door Casino has a lot of things going on. You're, you're a busy man, John. I forgive you. I forgive you. I'm still holding it down here for you, buddy. Um, the last topic I want to hit on here from Mike Mayock, and he was talking about crowd noise. And we've seen some things kind of circulate a little bit. I think I posted a video on my, on my Twitter uh, of the fake crowd noise. And here's an explanation kind of like what we can expect. I was really excited to get in their stadium last Friday and get a feel. And the NFL is going to provide a soundtrack that all teams are going to play in their stadium. You know, so there's going to be a certain bench and it's going to be kind of uh, a compilation of what the last four years sounded like in the black hole. And they're not going to allow it to get too high. And they're not probably not going to allow an offense or defense get an advantage but we're going to have a baseline audio track played throughout the game that sounds like fans so last friday when we went out for our practice at the stadium even though it was dead empty once they started playing that soundtrack and again jt when the game starts the players lock in right they lock in and it sounded like and it felt like an nfl game 
And sure, you're not going to have the emotional boost being at home for a big play and people going nuts and, you know, got, but we're going to have to generate that on our own. And, and I look at our, we've got a young football team. We're one of the younger teams in the league. And I would think they're going to be able to do that. Let's generate some energy on our own. Is it going to be the same without fans? No, no. But I think our play and our execution should be every bit as good, every bit as energetic. And I think we owe it to all these sweet holders, all these fans, all these people that believe in us year one in Vegas. We want to show you who we are, and we want to get out there and compete our tails off and earn your trust and respect. 100%. I love the way you ended that. And talking about the fake crowd noise, I, I hit on this a couple weeks ago. I forget if, you, if it was even on my show or if I was doing an interview. I do. I talk way too much Raiders football to even remember where it's going. But having these young guys like the Damon Arnett's, the Jonathan Abrams, right? You get Max Crosby out there with his swagger. Um, you see some of these guys out there that, that can jaw and get fired up make big plays, celebrate, have a good time, kind of just get the, get, the, get the vibe going. You know what I'm saying? You make a big play and you feel good about it. You're strutting your stuff. Like we have some of those guys finally, and I feel like we have it for a long time. We don't got, you know, Gary on Conley out there just like dragging his shoulders along. You know what I mean? Daryl Worley, I felt like was, was a great player for us, but even he like wasn't like real energetic after big plays bringing in the guys that we do missing Jonathan Abram last year obviously bringing in the guys that we do I feel like we have that okay cool we got the common you know in the background like there's someone there but after big plays we have the guys that can get the rest of the team fired up after that big play like we can build momentum and we have to be able to do that again we're competing with the Kansas City Chiefs at this point we're not here we're not we're not playing for a playoff game we're not here to make the playoffs we're playing to be the best in our division and make a run at the Super Bowl. And to do that right now, that is to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And they are able to do that. They're able to create momentum. They do it at away games when the crowd is getting shut down, right? When the crowd is quiet, they're generating their own momentum and their own energy and are able to flip the script off of big plays. And that's what we got to be able to do. We got to be able to get a turnover and not just get an interception and give the ball back to the offense no we're not just getting an interception just to here okay here you go Derek go do your thing no we're getting that interception and we're fired up and we're like let's go freaking punch that sucker in let's go let's get, get fired up let's have a good time let's get the team you know feeling themselves a little bit and let's make some plays the rest of the game you know what I mean we're shifting momentum and I think we finally have those players so the fake crowd noise obviously it's not going to be the same we get that but we're not the only team dealing with it we're not I'm a little frustrated because my one opinion and my one complaint that I want to say now is if there's the, the majority of the teams are shutting down, like ourselves, are shutting down any fans coming in. Like we're zero, zero percent, zero fans, nothing. Not even the owner's going to be there. Why would the NFL allow some teams to be like 20% capacity or 15% or 30% or whatever they're doing? How come they can have 20,000 fans in the stadium and, and, and we're making the choice, you know, the, the, the safe choice? and just not taking any chances of, of risking the season, how come other teams get to? I feel like I get it. I'm a Raiders fan, biased Raiders fan. I think it's time the NFL levels the playing field and takes away fans out of all stadiums just to level the playing field whenever we travel. How come they get the home field advantage and we don't? 
Because 20,000 fans is still going to be a little – the noise is going to be there. There's going to be momentum. It's going to be a lot more than what we get because we're not going to get the, the – we'll get music, but the crowd's not going to get louder. So that's where I sit. That's going to be it. That's it for me tonight. That's all I got. Shout out to the chat. Appreciate you guys rocking with me because this is episode 100, baby. 100, man. 100 episodes. 100 more, 200 more, 300 more. We're going to keep this thing going. I mean, it's not stopping now. And like I said from the get-go, we didn't come in here with this. I'm not, a, I'm not a reporter. I'm not an analyst. I'm not in it for, you know, like, I'm not trying to make money here. I'm not. I'm here to, like, build relationships, whether that's with you guys, the viewers. I know I can't sit here, and it's, it's hard for me to interact. I wish I could more. I wish I could sit here and, and jump in the chat more, read your comments more, but I could promise you'd be a lot more boring as I skim through, if I'm trying to read, comprehend, answer questions, it's just not going to be there. But I see you guys. I see you in the chat. And while we, when we go to Vegas and we have home games or we go to the home opener, what should be the home opener, and we have a party at Stage Door Casino, right? When we have a party at Stage Door Casino before the Saints game in Vegas, I want everybody here to like be welcome to like come hang out. I want to meet you guys. Like we want to do some cool things in Vegas. I'm here for the relationships. That's with everybody, whether it's Stage Door Casino, Blue Wire Podcast, RaidersBeat.com, or every single person that's sitting here in this chat or listening to the post-produced podcast or following me on social media. That's what we're about. One Nation, Raider Nation. I'm just trying to have a good time. Flat out. And I'm having a blast here. Episode 100. Done. Bam. Feels good. I will see you guys next Saturday night. Peace. Did somebody say playoffs? NBA and NHL are playing for the gold, and our partners at Bet Online have you covered. Get in on all the action, including a new NBA bracket contest with plenty of chances to win. MLB season is pushing in a fall, and there's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds, futures, and props. So take advantage of the return of sports. And remember, the casino never closes. Check it out all day and all night. Go to betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.
Get really into your favorite shows and movies all in one place with Flex, a 4K streaming box you get free with Xfinity Internet. Find what you want with your voice on Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, and more. No more jumping in and out of apps. And get Peacock Premium at no additional cost. It's a way better way to watch. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash Flex. Restrictions apply requires postpaid Xfinity Internet excluding Internet Essentials, one device included. Subscriptions required to access streaming services.